Hey guys, welcome to the game. I would like to go around the room and, and have everybody just introduce yourself. Tell people a little bit about what you do. As a friend of ours says, why you're the notable person in the industry. And also, I'd love to hear about your first kind of Star Wars, maybe your first Star Wars memory or, or a most memorable moment. For me, which is kind of funny, my first Star Wars moment was seeing Star Wars in 39 years ago this coming Wednesday. Wow, nice. nice. For my seventh birthday, June 15th, 1977, my dad took me to the movie. And uh, I remember the shock and awe of the hmm. of the the music and the star destroyer and the robots you know in the time of course everything was a robot back then not droid it was mind-blowing uh, and part of it was because so many movies did all their credits in the front and star wars didn't do that it basically just dropped you right into this crazy thing that was happening which was <laughs> didn't really happen which I think pulled a lot of people in, right? Would you say it started in media ray? Oh my gosh, it's starting already. <laughs> yes, it did. It did. So that was that was my first memory, and and the anniversary of that is coming up very very soon. I'm pretty excited about it. So this is perfect. This is a perfect way to spend that time. So uh, Craig, why don't you introduce yourself and tell people all the kind of cool things you do wrapped around Star Wars? Well, hey, I'm Craig. My first Star Wars memory was '77. I lined up with my grandpa some random rinky-dink theater in the San Fernando Valley in LA. I was three years old, and Ponda Baba's bloody stump hitting the floor <laughs> was the most traumatic thing yes. at my three you know, young years of age. <laughs> but obviously hooked, I'm still with it. Starting in 1999, I joined uh, the group of people you may or may not have seen through all the media buzz, uh, lined up outside the Chinese theater in Hollywood. Uh, we did six weeks for each of the prequels. We did 12 days for the force awakens outside the chinese and this is a charity this is charity right yeah all raising money for the starlight children's foundation so we've raised tens and tens of thousands of dollars for them and it's been just amazing got my sons into it they're you know and uh keeping the tradition strong so i am playing finn this is how i sound like sometimes i sound different <laughs> <laughs> fantastic great darcy Hi, so I'm Darcy Ross. My first Star Wars experience was definitely not seeing them any of the movies. Uh, I just, you know, I have vague memories of growing up with a lot of my cousins running around in a basement and like Star Wars was just on like all the time. <laughs> you know, I just, it was like in, I don't remember like sitting down to watch Star Wars. I remember like Hoth in the background and playing with like Jurassic Park figurines. Uh, so it was all sort of like confused and uh you know, combined with all of the other media I was taking in when I was a kid. Um, I remember playing Leia and having lightsaber fights, but it was usually like lightsaber fights. And also we were in the alien universe and... And you like the strain <laughs> right? I'm, I'm sensing a theme. It, it all comes back together. I was like, oh, I don't really remember all the plots. Um, and so I went back and I've, I've really gotten way back, way uh, into the whole universe. The Force Awakens was amazing for me. Like childhood Darcy could have really used that movie that was that was amazing <laughs> so i will be playing ray today which is amazing i'm super excited she will be uh kicking butt and uh not doing a lot of dialogue i think i'm gonna be doing a lot of action poses it's <laughs> a lot of running yeah yeah <laughs> yeah nice that sounds great uh mitch i'm mitch from the dungeon masters block and from all of the block party podcast network other affiliated podcasts my first star wars memory i don't remember my exact age but i was really young and it was 
at the time that the special editions, the, the first special editions, released in theaters. I am one of the people who I look at those first special editions, and as a kid, like, that was my first time seeing Star Wars, so I hear the the old, the people who had seen <laughs> Star Wars before that hating on it, and I'm like, what are you talking about? But I, un- I understand the Greedo thing, for sure. <laughs> the movement is ridiculous. But anyway, uh, that was my first experience going to the theaters. Uh, my mom brought me. She just was like, I think you'll like this. I think you'll love this a lot. <laughs> I liked it when I was younger, and I couldn't have known then going into a, the- a theater and a movie how much a a movie would, like, I want to say shape my life because it's like I through up until present day, Star Wars is like no other movie has been as impactful as Star Wars. It's so huge. And Darcy, you brought up Force Awakens and you said, like, I, I think child Darcy would have loved this. Seeing that movie made me child Mitch again, just like eyes popping out and just like, oh, it's it was fantastic. It was so good. Sure. But yeah. And I'm playing Luke Skywalker today. Hopefully you'll have dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk about grunting. We'll see. <laughs> stern looks. I don't even get Very to stern grunt. looks. <laughs> stern looks don't work for a podcast. <laughs> pranks. Have, have, have you ever seen Star Wars pranks? So who talks first? Do I talk first or? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm Pranks Paul. I am the garbage pun dropping host of Never Tell Me the Pods. My job apparently is to make people groan when I talk. Um, and yeah, I, my first memory of Star Wars, I've actually talked about this in an episode of Never Tell Me the Pods, but without recapping it too much, it was Empire Strikes Back in 1995 or six, I want to say. And my dad took another little kid who was about to spoil the big reveal out of the room. Uh, and I just have a very vivid memory of that. Uh, and then I fell headlong into the West End games source books. One of my very first books growing up as a kid was the West End game Star Wars, uh, source book. Never played the game, those books. Uh, but had all of the source books and absorbed Swear. material as though it was like, you know, it was like, I don't know, I was a weird little kid. So that's me. <laughs> uh, I'll be playing incredibly handsome pilot Poe Dameron. I guess that's not the last thing I have to say, but it is for now. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Yes, if you guys haven't heard Never Tell Me the Pods and you're listening to this episode currently, you need to um, finish this episode and then you know, go check out Never Tell Me the Pods. It is literally one of my favorite podcasts uh, currently. It's amazing. Download it before you hear this episode, though, because you might change your mind. <laughs> I'm going to track you down. <laughs> you'll have to, you'll have to visit me first. when you do that. It's fantastic. Take the compliment. <laughs> Here we go, guys. You ready? I'm assuming there's going to be some, some music in the background is now swelling up oh, over you, my voice. you better believe yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to say that's happening. All right, here we go. Let's see if I can get a good scroll voice on. Episode 8, Rise of the Jedi. Six years after the destruction of his new Jedi Academy, Luke Skywalker's lone quest comes to an end. Rey, the enigmatic Force-sensitive scavenger from Jakku, tracked down the Jedi Master to return the long-lost weapon of Anakin Skywalker to his rightful hand. Rey soon learns that Luke's quest for the first Jedi Temple was a success. Unfortunately, the ancient structure is buried deep beneath the waves of Octo. Only two trained Force users working in unison can raise the ancient sanctuary and gain access to its secrets. Thus, Rey's training began. Meanwhile, Ace Resistance pilot Poe Dameron has traveled the reaches of the New Republic 
recruiting allies from the disorganized military, scattered merchant fleets, and planetary defense forces galvanized by the destruction of the Republic capital, Hosnian Prime, by the First Order's star killer weapon. Finn, former stormtrooper and ally to the Resistance, has recovered from his near-fatal wounds at the hands of Kylo Ren, with the help of cybernetic implants along his spine. Mere days after his release from rehabilitation, another First Order soldier is brought to the Resistance base. This one? In chains. So the opening scene, Poe, you've just returned from a mission, a series of missions, as I just mentioned. But during one of those missions, you've captured a First Order soldier. Do you want to throw in some ideas about where the guy came from? Sure. We know that the First Order operates in a particular sphere of galactic space. I think that when Poe is traveling the galaxy, it makes sense that he would be in Republic space, and maybe he captured this guy who was a spy who was looking out for First Order recruitment. They had some sort of scuffle, and he was arrested, like, let's say Kuat, um, a planet that's pretty heavy into manufacturing, does a lot of, like, used to do a lot of manufacturing for the Empire, pretty aristocratic, has a lot of ties. What kind of transport uh, is the person in? I assume I'm in Black One. Yeah, you're in Black One, and what, I, what I'm assuming, you've been traveling in Black One because it's got a fantastic reputation, yeah. really, for the people who know it. Looks great for the cameras. It does, and so does Poe. Yeah. So uh, I think that you'd be traveling with either your, just yourself, maybe one of your wingmen, and then probably a transport of some sort that has other people who are not that you're not, you know, a handsome face for the uh, for the resistance. Because I am. Because you are. But you probably have some other diplomats that Leia has uh, has assigned to go with you. That's probably in some kind of transport. Yeah, let's say Major Amat and a handful of aides and stuff like that are in that transport that the resistance landed on Takodana, the kind of modified B-wingish thing. Perfect. And then you had, you know, some grunt soldiers with you as well. Yeah, some grunt soldiers with me. Maybe my wing. Uh, let's say Jess is my wingman on this, and she's been flying. Uh, I turn around to BB-8. No, I know I promised to take a vacation after Starkiller. No, I know that didn't really count. <laughs> Just make sure that uh, that the coordinates are set. I'm going to put it on autopilot for a while. I haven't slept in a while. Uh, see if you can queue up a refresher and... Uh, I don't know, just... Try to keep the noise down, will you? Alright, so you, uh, you arrive at the Resistance base. Finn, what are you doing at the Resistance base? You've actually just been released from uh, rehab. So you had the cybernetic implants, you spent a lot of time in a back to tank, there were a lot of nerve endings that had been severed, so you had to go through some rehab. Clearly this is the nurse in me coming out. You've just been released, <laughs> you've just been released from the re rehab and you know that Poe is returning to the base, he should arrive any minute. So what are, you, what are you up to? Well, having just been released, I'm just getting my bearings on my feet again. Back's a little tender still, taking some getting used to. So he's not quite moving as agile as he was, but he's getting there. So he's gonna go look for a place to kinda, kinda rehone his skills, kinda get it, get, you know, not quite physical hand-to-hand -hand yet, but just some, some sort of physical, you know, uh, exertion that he can do. Is there any kind of like a gym or, or any kind of? Of course there is, yeah. And it's probably a bit makeshift, but it's perfect. And when you get there, the way that the resistance soldiers are looking at you is confusing to you. You've been on the run in your head for a while. And when you went unconscious, the last thing you remember was going unconscious on a planet that was imploding. So you woke up to this rehab and were basically isolated by the whatever the creepy medical droid was that was working on you. 
and doing your rehab, but now you're out in the, in the general population, the gen pop right now. So they're seeing you and giving you looks and your first reaction is probably, should I be running? <laughs> Are they, okay. why are they looking at me like this? Like mad, mad dogging me a little bit? Well, they're, but they're not. I think your interpretation is self-preservation and you don't know what's happening. So uh, you get to the gym and you start working out and they're kind of giving you those looks until one of them comes up to you and says, can I help you with some of this? Female resistance officer. And have I seen her before? Well, maybe, but you had ran into so many people and it was so hectic, you don't know. He drops his uh, box crate that he's lifting. He says makeshift. And he looks at her and he kind of, you know, straightens up a little bit and looks her over and he's like, I, what's your name? Her name's Jen. He says, uh, he kind of stammers a little bit and he's like, um, no, I, I think I've got it. She said, you know, you can try using this over here. And she walks you over to one of the walls with some like resistance bands and some other stuff and tells you about how they pulled this out of some engines of some torn out stuff, some torn out machinery and that kind of thing. And then the, the people that are in the room are still giving you these weird looks he leans over and he's like, why are they looking at me like that? Are you serious? Yeah. You, you helped destroy a planet that was going to kill us all. And you were there when General Leia's husband died. You're a little bit of a legend. He gives a look around and he looks at the resistance bands and picks two of the strongest looking ones. And he, he starts, you know, Working out really strong, <laughs> you know, kind of looking around. He's like, yeah. Resistance bands, I, huh? I did. Resistance, yeah. Resistance bands. bands. Yeah. I, yeah, 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 I did. You're kind of a big, you're kind of a big deal in the resistance. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, nothing, nothing any of you wouldn't have done had you been there. Maybe. Just doing Maybe. my part. Maybe. The overhead speakers come on. Commander Dameron, Dameron and Black One is now returning. Commander Dameron and Black One is now returning. Full security, please meet Commander Dameron in the receiving bay. That's unusual. So Finn, you may not know that, but it doesn't sound good. He'll drop the bands and grab his, his jacket, <laughs> throw it on, and head towards the bay. Because whatever's coming, it's, it's not the usual, you know, so-and-so is, is here. It, it sounds a little more... A little more yeah. tense and a little more uh, security. Full ready. security. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. You run to the hangar bay. Poe, you arrive. The transport comes down behind you. You pop out of the black one. I turn around to make sure my little buddy's getting, uh, you know, can get out okay. I climb down the I climb down the steps. I take my helmet off, sort of shake my glorious hair. Um, uh, I don't say anything about it, but it's a little weird that people aren't you know, like snapping nor the normal hollows. There's kind of an air of like so somberness, right? Like people, and there's a full security detail. Uh, I flash a smile and I say, come on guys, this isn't necessary. I didn't have to roll out the red carpet just for me. Is the general around? Uh, sir, she is. Great. She's in CNC. Uh, I lean in and smile and say, take me to your leader. <laughs> he points you in the direction of uh, where the CNC is. The security detail arrives as the transport opens up. Finn, you walk into the hangar just at that time, and there is a armored, dressed stormtrooper with his helmet off in binders being escorted off by the couple of, you know, almost like, more like face, like good-looking guy security people that they put on these missions. They're leading this stormtrooper out of the transport and then handing him over to the actual fully decked out security detail when Finn walks in and Poe's walking out. 
Okay, I come trotting in, and I kind of, like, skid to a stop. Finn skids to a stop. I break into a run and uh, come see you, and I say, Still looks good on you. Glad you kept it. <laughs> and Finn's face is just focused on the trooper right now. He almost doesn't register Poe's comment. I give a wave as though... Uh, he looks back and forth between the two of you, Poe and the stormtrooper, and he just starts shaking his head, and he's got this look of, oh, crap. I put my arm on Finn's shoulder, and I say, Look, I don't know how long you've been up and about, but uh, brew yourself some calf, sit down, we should catch up. Don't worry about that for you, now. You don't, uh, that's, that's you don't understand. I probably don't. No, that's that's FN eighty two thirty seven. Well, I'm not calling him Finn. No, so he was called the Reaper. That's a weird name. Uh, based on what he did, it's appropriate. What's he doing here? Uh, well, we bumped into each other at a cantina around Kuat, and uh, let's say that there was an aggressive defection. Defection? Uh little little bit of a joke. No, we captured him and uh, we're going to try to find out what we can learn, you know, where the where the big guy is and who's still looking for Master Skywalker, all that stuff. Tell me he's going to be isolated. That is the plan usually. Okay. That I hope you know what you're doing, Paul. So as you guys are talking, the security detail has walked 1837 out, but he turns and looks right at you. He's almost got like he's got the short cropped trimmed hair gnarly scar across his neck which is part of his reputation and he he gives you a fairly focused look as he's led out of the security bay you guys lock eyes and he walks past and he goes past yeah and i'll, and I'll do that eyes darting back and forth like not locking eyes with him but occasionally glancing up at him as he's going by but not not returning the hard stare poe you go you grab a uh, grab a shower and a break uh, a little while later you guys catch up a little bit like you guys grab a bite to eat and you knew that Finn was up and about and you'd visited him a couple of times but he's been so focused on the rehab he'd been in a lot of pain and he's he's clearly doing much much better now about two hours later so you guys are in the uh, the cafeteria getting a bite to eat when one of the security officers comes into the room um, excuse me commander Eddie's I'm just having calf here um, the prisoner has he, he has something to say Oh, good. That's easier than I thought it would be. Um, he will only speak to you. And he, he nods over at Finn. Me? Yes. What does he want with me? I, I, I don't know. Can you wait till breakfast? Or, I mean... Yeah, that's up to you, Commander. I'm just kidding. We'll walk and talk. He leads you. The guy looks pretty nervous about the situation, but he's... He implied there was some urgency. What does the general think? The general thinks that if we can get information out of him, then he should speak to Finn, but she said the choice was his. That does sound like her. All right, well, if I have to. You guys get to the uh, get to the security bay. The stormtrooper has been stripped of his armor. He's got some kind of basic clothing on. Orange is the new black, whatever it is that the resistance uses. Nice. He's in a brig. It's probably just standard old-school brig that they've mashed together. You guys walk in, and, and he's... Kind of, he's leaning forward on his knees. He's got his elbows on his knees, and he's looking down at the ground, and you walk in, and he looks up at you. I say, comfortable? He has, like, what I would describe as resting murder face. <laughs> like, he always looks like he's about ready to kill someone. <laughs> right. So you walk in, pose in, the security officer leaves. <laughs> and this is, you're now realizing why he probably was a little nervous about the whole situation. So are we in with him, or are we, like, Silence of the Lamb style? You're on the other side, of the, other side of the bars or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you're on the other side of the bars when he walks in. Finn and Poe both walk in. 
you're by yourself with 1837, the Reaper. You, when you walk in, he looks up. He just kind of looks at you and says, 87. I think he's talking to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're FN 1837, right? He nods. And for a moment, Finn kind of gets this almost boyish quality, almost hero worship quality. But that's quickly suppressed. And he goes, how... How did they catch you? You're supposed to be... He, he turns to Poe and he's like, yeah, his his pacification of Ord Mantell is, is textbook. Poe winces. Finn's living in a dual world right now. Yeah. He, he kind of had a little bit of a flashback there. He's like, that pacification is also... I, di I didn't believe it at first. I didn't want to believe it. But, you know, according to what we were taught, he, he, he did it without much casualties. He did it without, you know, it, it just proved everything that the First Order, you know, I was taught to believe in. So when I came to Jakku and saw how they really did things, I have a whole new way of looking at, at, at this guy now. Poe's expression softens and he puts his uh, hand on Finn's shoulder and says, uh, do you want me? I'll just be right outside the room if you'd like some privacy. I know you're probably going through a lot of stuff right now and uh, I trust you. So 1837, when you say that, he stands up and says, no, Dameron, you stay. He knows you by name. He would. <laughs> so I also want I also want both of you guys to make um, perception checks for me. We'll make it the standard difficulty, so two. I have an advantage, which is nice. Oh, good. Didn't succeed, though. All right, I have two successes, two advantages, and the two threats, the four threats. Perfect. Finn, what you notice is that when, when you say, this was textbook, Poe and the Reaper both wince at that statement, which is strange. When he stands up to say, Dameron, you stay, Poe, you realize something's not, the, the advantage you got, you didn't notice the wincing, but you can immediately tell that something is not the way that it seems. In not necessarily a bad way. This guy's resting murder face kind of dropped when he said, stay. Poe walks over to the doorway and presses the button and the door comes down. We cut over to Octo. Ray is finishing a swim between islands forced on her by Luke. Is he on my back too? Um, I was thinking about that, but then I thought it might be a little too much. But Ray clambers uh, out of the water, but then has to climb a cliff which she scrambles up with no problem, the way oh, yeah. as cool as Ray is. As you top the top of this cliff, Luke is standing there waiting for you, and Chewie is coming out of the woods on this particular island you're on, walking toward you as you climb out of the cliff. How was your swim? My time was better than yesterday, and she's taking off some heavy weights on her ankles and uh, <laughs> arms. <laughs> and, you know, looking really cool, but a little bit out of breath. Luke goes over and grabs basically a cloth, basically to use, give her a towel. He'll also bring her her equipment, part of which is Anakin's lightsaber, which oh, wow. he has still not taken back. I don't know if Rey has tried to push that on Luke, but he will not take it. I think she's tried a couple times. Yeah. As the equipment comes over, the first thing she grabs is her staff. Um, you know, she's just got to have it in her hands, uh, and then she sort of sorts through the rest of things and is futzing with it. I will point out that your staff has been replaced with what's called a force pike. 
totally replaced? I had envisioned it as you doing it, actually. Oh, you modding it. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so yeah, so perfect. part of what you've discovered that Luke found on, on Octo is a number of ruins. The main temple itself is below the surface of the ocean at the center of a circle of islands. But there are ruins on all of the islands, and you and Chewie... Chewie has been playing a little um, Indiana Jones. And using his tech skills and his survival skills, obviously, he's been exploring these ruins, trying to get into different places, finding gear and equipment, artifacts that he doesn't know what they do. He's bringing them back to Luke so that you guys can take a look at them. Some look like old, like, pre-development holocrons. Oh, yeah. But you haven't been able to open them yet. They look like way old school. But you also found a variety of different weapons that will look like basically early development pre-lightsaber style weapons. So you've taken your staff and you've modded it so that each end has a short early style lightsaber pike on each end. Awesome. You do have Anakin's lightsaber, but you are... I'm, I picture you, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, being pretty reluctant to even put your hands Very. on it, right, yeah. after what happens. But you do, even though Luke has not taken Anakin's Skywalker, uh, Anakin's lightsaber, he has a lightsaber on his waist that you wouldn't know. But he, he has one in his possession, but you don't know where he got it or okay. what the deal is. That is the story. So you grab your staff. Yep, I grab it, you know, sling it back around my back. Is it midday or something? Is it the end of the day? We'll call it midday. Okay, cool. Master Luke, do we have any more training to do right now, or can we see what Chewie's brought us? We have some more training to do, and he'll start walking off in the direction of the Falcon. Now, the temple itself is underwater. However, there is, in front of the Falcon, there's a, the ruins of it, of course, but this area that Luke has figured out was used for training young Jedi. It's just kind of almost like just this little training area, just dirt on the ground. And so he walks over, Falcon's in the background, and he has, there's three stones in this training area, ranging in different sizes. There's a one that's about the size of R2. There's one that's about the size of Chewie standing up. And then there's a even bigger one that is about the size of an X-Wing. And so you know the drill. Luke goes <laughs> over and just kind of sits on in the grass and yeah. says nothing, just <laughs> stares at you waiting. He stares at you with a stern glare. <laughs> he pulls his hood back and stares at you waiting. <laughs> he has he has resting stern face. <laughs> I'm glad Luke yeah. doesn't have resting murder face. <laughs> he, he gives you a stern Luke. Oh. <laughs> Who invited him? Ray sort of wipes her hands from dust and gross stuff and sort of wipes off a little more on the, with a towel now that she knows she's back to work. Puts her hair back up and gives kind of a scowl to Master Luke because this is like the most boring <laughs> exercise possibly imaginable for her. There are ruins to be explored, crazy machinery to be taken apart, and we're going to pick up rocks. So uh, she reluctantly gets in front of the rocks and, uh, you know, maybe by now she's you know, feeling confident after that swim. So she goes for the biggest one and uh, sort of takes a, a wide stance, sort of ready, ready as though she were going to, you know, lift, go lifting, right? And uh, she starts, closes her eyes and tries to relax and find the force. I'm going to have you make a roll. I'm going to have you make uh, what's called a discipline check. Okay. And in addition to that, I want you to roll a force die with it, which is the, the black and white force die. I know R2. 
I know. I have five successes, a dark side, and uh, an advantage. Wow. It's all coming up Ray. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Five successes. That's insane. Five successes and an advantage sounds pretty fantastic to me. So you definitely get the largest one to move and to shift, and it starts to feel like it's going to lift up. But to get it to move, you're going to have to use that dark side point. Do you want to cool. use the dark side point? Yeah, I channel my frustration. You know, I want to be done with this and on to bigger and better things. I want the, the quick path to success here. I definitely want to channel the dark side. So Luke, she is tapping into her more primal emotions to get this rock to lift. How do you react then? And it's working. And it's Note. working. <laughs> Luke kind of has been seeing this from Ray. He doesn't stop her. He does stand up, and as she is lifting it up and I see this confidence in her face, I just walk right up to her and just kind of stare at her calmly, and I just say, you feel good about yourself? There's a war going on, Master Luke. I feel great. I feel like I can contribute. Yeah, I feel good. <laughs> Having grown up on a desert planet, I think a lot of people, if they'd have gone through this swimming training, would have broken oh. no matter who they were. Yeah. Ray is so energized every time yeah. she even thinks about this water. She's terrified, and also it's, it's beyond her imagination, almost like the forest would be. So oh, she, gets, she gets super jazzed about this, that kind of feeling. So she's riding that high. And Luke probably knew that that was going to happen. I say, Ray, you remind me of a young Jedi I once knew who was wanting to run off to war and not wait for anything. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you, why did you start with the largest rock? I've, we've been training for so long now. I, I've seen so much growth. I wanted to, uh, I need to push myself as far as I can go and make this, the best gains that I can to help my friends and to help use these gifts for the best. We don't have time, Master Luke. You lifted that rock with your extreme confidence and with your drive to finish training, but I want to tell you that I know how tempting the dark side can be, but with the light side, you can do this and many more. I had an old friend who once told me that size mattered not. And I'm going to close my eyes and raise my hand. And behind the rock that Ray is lifting, the <laughs> falcon starts shaking yes. and lifting up into the air. Oh, man. Beautiful. Chewie's, Chewie's. <laughs> Chewie's in the falcon. <laughs> His head just, yeah, he's in the cockpit. He's like working on top. He, he's, yeah. You see him, he's shaking. He's going. <laughs> he's like looking at stuff like, what did I hit? What did I hit? And then. Oh, poor Chewie. Yeah. It's all right, Chewie. It's all right. And I, <laughs> I let it down. Dinner parties with you must have been the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Just as the, uh, the falcon rests back down, Darcy, did you want to say something in response for or Ray? I'm sorry, do you want to say something in response? I think she was struggling to keep maintain hold, but sort of let it drop as she saw that the falcon was going up and like, <laughs> all right, Master Luke's going to show off. <laughs> he's going to do his thing. He's doing she, his she's, thing. She's appropriately impressed, but she's still a little miffed. Yes. That he's not acknowledging her success here. <laughs> Understandable. Luke, you feel a presence you've not sensed since, and then you pause. 
dramatically. And I do more staring. <laughs> you do more staring. You feel a sense of dark side washing over you. And that's unusual for a few reasons here. It's not pleasant in general. But Octo is a little bit like the light side version of Dagobah. So where all of Luke's like gear and equipment shut down, his scanners were down, like communications were shut off as soon as he got into the uh, atmosphere of Dagobah. Same thing happens here. The Falcon can fly and move around, but communication is very, very difficult. I wouldn't call it a light side planet. It's a little also like Dagobah in that I would also call Dagobah a little bit neutral. Like the tree section itself was, a, was, a, was deep with dark side energy, but in general, the, the planet was just full of life, full of the living force. The same thing here, but it tends to be kind of on that, you know, little lighter shade. So you've not sensed anything dark side here yet. So this dark side feeling kind of spikes pretty clearly in that white background, even to the point where Ray also feels it. Wow. Is there a way I can um, perhaps use the force to, I'm wondering if this is a person, if we are not alone. Yeah, just give me a skill check or something, like a discipline check maybe, something like that. Yes. I'm going to give you a blue die on that. Okay, I'm going to use discipline. I'm going to make it difficulty three purple. Two successes. Two advantages, which cancel out the two threat, and I have three of three light. You got three light side on two dice? Wow. Yep. That's pretty impressive. Okay, so this is what you sense. It is a person. It is numerous people. They're not on the planet. And what you're feeling is their intention focused on you and Ray. I put out my hand. Ray, do you feel that? Ray, what you feel is a chill going down your spine and the taste in your mouth of the ionization in the air that happened when you first ran into Kylo Ren and he ignited his lightsaber. I do. Is someone here? We're not alone. And I reach out my hand. Ray has left the lightsaber unattached. She left it over by her towel. I bring it to my hand and I hold it out to her. You may need this. She squints her eyes a little bit, but takes it and clips it in. And then it fades over to Poe and Finn. You're in space. And what the Reaper told you has made you, Finn, confused and uncomfortable. What he told you was that you started something. You leaving and doing what you did to Starkiller Base caused 99.9% .9 of the First Order to want to murder you on site. And it triggered something inside a very, very few stormtroopers that they want to be free. It was the red jacket. Yeah. It was the jacket. It was the jacket. Absolutely the jacket. So he kind of started his own little revolution with, with uh, within a few certain... He wouldn't call it a revolution in any way. And you understand what he means. There's no way they can have a revolution. They will all die, right? Right. Yeah, there's no way that they will let it happen. The Reaper told you about what he remembers of his childhood before he was taken by the First Order. And it's a memory that has been in his mind that he has dreamed periodically, but that was driven out of his mind by the conditioning of the First Order. And that memory has been returning to him nightly. And his memories of the things that he's done for the First Order are now haunting him. And he came, he got himself captured on purpose, 
as you probably suspected, because he's really good, to tell you one simple thing, that the Knights of Ren have found Skywalker, and they're going to destroy him. So you guys are now in space, however you guys want to be transporting in space, and whoever you want to be bringing with you, you tell me, but you're in space having a dialogue about what that conversation was on your way to Octo. Because there's no communication with the planet. Let's take one of those troop carriers that, you know, again, that Leia was took uh, when they rendezvoused on Takodana. You can go on that. I'm going to stay in Black 1. I think okay. that's where I can do the most good. And Luke Skywalker's possibly our most valuable asset. Rich, can I take what's left of Blue and Red Squadron with me? Yeah, we're, we're going to want firepower for sure. Sure. How many is that? Seven X-Wings survived the, the attack on Starkiller. Can I take six? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then we'll also have that troop carrier. It's only been a few months, and you've basically been planting political seeds. So your name is well known, and then the, the, the people that came with you to moderate these things are planting ideas in people's heads about what they can do and how to get a hold of them and that kind of stuff. You picked up merchant ships for transport, and you've picked up some smugglers that are have decided that, that even even they can't handle what just happened and they have come to your side but most of it are transport ships a la you know the falcon and that kind of thing so i'm going to take our best pilots and the pilots i know most to this and leave however much i have left back to cover the resistance base because yeah and yeah. for and for finn once he heard that the knights of ren were on their way to, to octo and to luke and to ray yeah and to ray while poe was gathering the pilots i was using up as much charisma and moxie as I could to round up the, the ground fighters, the ground troops for the transport. He'll go to that group, he'll go to Jen, he'll go to the group of guys that he saw in the gym that were kind of like looking at him like in awe, and he'll say, guys, the First Order isn't done, the Knights of Ren, they're coming, and our last best hope is to get there before they get to Luke and, and Ray. So he'll, he'll load the transport. They are all in, all in. You've got a transport of a dozen well-trained resistance people. And by well-trained, I mean they know their way around firearms and combat. I picture the resistance as having, you know, some organization, but nothing like the First Order. But the people that you brought with you are all very, very good. Your speech to them has motivated them significantly. So you got the transport, you have six X-Wings or seven total? Uh, let's say six. I want to leave at least one back at the base, and I feel like six is an easier, man more manageable. There, you know, one person wouldn't have a wingman, and that doesn't really make sense. Yeah, so you got six. You have six X-Wings and a transport, and you're heading as fast as possible to Octo. You guys are over the comms having a conversation about whatever you're having a conversation about. Buddy, when we get down there, they're probably going to have ground support. I'll need you to handle that whole situation. You know all that stuff that's not being in the sky? That's on you. Yeah, I, I, Lieutenant Jeskin and his men said they're, they're good to go. Pranks, did we want to bring FN 1837 with us, or is he still back at the base? That's up to you, man. Okay, I want to bring him, so okay. he's with us. He's I with, trust he's you. In, he's in my ship, yeah. When you tell me this, I say, if he's half the fighter you are, we'll be glad to have him. Finn, I want you to roll some kind of roll to convince him to come with you. Okay. Can I assist? Sure. I would assume it's probably like a presence of some sort. It doesn't look like you have leadership or anything. I have charm and leadership. I can assist him. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm also going to give you a boost die because of your reputation with him. I have one success and two advantage. I'm going to get down. This is, you know, flashback to before we left, trying to convince yep. him to go. I get down. He's, he's sitting there kind of looking, you know, his, his memories are coming back. 
He's not sure. He's feeling the guilt, the PTSD over everything he did, all the people he killed. I'm going to get down. I'm going to, I'm going to put my fist on his knee and go, look, I of all people know what you're going through. You may have done more than me, but I know what they did to us. We need your help right now. If you want to make it right, if you want to ha kind of have any kind of peace in this world, in this galaxy, you need to help us. He's going. I was going to tell you that he reluctantly stayed behind, but not after what you said. I flash you a grin and say, it was the jacket. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the jacket. These boost die are only related to yep. the jacket. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So you guys have convinced him to come with you. He's armed up and he's reluctant to wear his first order armor. So yeah. we got him some resistance gear, whatever, okay. whatever armor. I mean, I don't know if he'll have the equivalent of stormtrooper armor, but whatever, you know, ground assault gear. He's got quite the presence too. So he's already kind of snapped into a leadership role with the troops that you're, you know, that are going down with you. It's just, it's just what he does. He's not trying to be like undermine you or anything. It's just, that's his job. And he's clicked into that. And Finn will willingly take, take his advice, but he'll also keep in mind that he is a spy. He is, you know, he is all of these things. So he's kind of got something in the back of his mind. And Lieutenant Jeskin isn't convinced he's going along with it, I think, but he's not convinced totally. So he's keeping an eye on him. You guys drop out of hyperspace around Octo. All wings report in, black one, four lit and ready to burn. We have FO incoming. You know your assignments, split off into three groups. Someone protect the convoy. I'll head towards their biggest capital ship and two of you run interference. This is Black One out. But when you pop out of hyperspace, you, within sight and scanner range, there's one capital ship. And just as you guys have popped out of hyperspace, that capital ship is launching TIE fighters and a transport. What uh, class of capital ship is it? What kind of, what class of capital ship is it, Franks? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's just say it's a it's an FO style Star Destroyer the same way uh, Kylo Ren, well, is it just Kylo Ren's ship? The finalizer? It didn't get destroyed. Nope. Yep, then yes it is. Okay. I say to my team, all right, looks like it's time to finalize that ship. And I head directly towards it. Is it really called the finalizer? <laughs> yes. It is, unfortunately. I swear, they like, I'm like, I'm captain of the baby killer. Like, they're just <laughs> yeah. like, they're never like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Killer. what The like, devastator, the <laughs> executor, <laughs> the hyper murderer. Right, you know? exactly. Exactly. <laughs> guys, are we the bad guys? Yeah, exactly. They're not just, you know, the the the, the FO uh, ship Jones or yeah. anything. It's Finn, just... Finn will mutter under his breath, didn't we just leave this party? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so the transport. So uh, so what did you want to do, uh, Poe? I would How'd like to... Work? Okay, I would like Jess and Snap to cover the transport. I want them to fire, just create a perimeter around which the transport will be safe. Just strafe, basically, mm -hmm. the area, making sure they can go safely. I want the other two X-Wings, which are Nian Num and Bastian, to run interference, kind of like a midfield soccer position. I want them to pick off any potential fighters that are getting their way, sort of feed intel. Oh, you know what, Criff? No, I want Snap running interference. So I want Jess and Snap running interference. He's the best scout in the resistance. Okay. And I want um, Bastian and Nian Num escorting the, uh, the troop carrier. Uh, okay. Yolo and I are going to go directly towards the capital ship, and I can hear BB-8 freaking out and screaming behind me, and all I say is, well, it's smaller than the Starkiller, okay? <laughs> he responds with a, everything is smaller than the Starkiller. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, if I'm wrong, we won't be around to talk about it. <laughs> you said you wanted to be here if I ever made a mistake. 
<laughs> Finn, Finn's going to go full burn on the thrusters and fall into position in between the flanking uh, starfighters. Okay. And he's going he's gonna to full burn as long as he can until he hits atmosphere and then start, okay. start uh, landing. He's got the All coordinates right. up on the computer of, does it show up on sensors? I, I assume you would see the Falcon where it's at. It's a challenge. I'm going to have you make a computer's check. Okay. I don't have any skills marked, but I have two greens. So you, yeah, so, so you're going to do, you have an intellect of two, computers is based on that. Um, I'm going to, yeah, so you're going to do two greens, but it's going to be against three purples. Okay, greens, I have a success and two advantages, but I have three threats. I, that couldn't have been more perfect if I would made it up. <laughs> you do detect where the Falcon is, but it's very, very difficult. You, you do end up getting through some of the interference and getting a bit of a signal. Probably because I would assume Luke and Ray sensed some of the things that were going on and Chewie's thrown a beacon up. So you managed to get that, but the threat is there's a lot of TIE fighters coming. So they're firing at you immediately. I assume our transport is geared for more atmospheric combat than space combat? Yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna have you make piloting checks and then Poe, you have two TIE fighters coming at you on your way. YOLO, two eyes incoming, let's close them. I'm gonna make a gunnery check, I guess. Okay, great. So I'm flying directly at them. I'm not trying anything fancy yet. I wanna to head to an intercept course as soon as possible. So I'm gonna be a relatively easy target, but I'm also going to um, perform a maneuver that adds a boost to them targeting me, but okay. also gives me a boost to shooting them because I'm just confident my Ford shields. Perfect. Does the Kraken twist still work? Uh, it can, <laughs> I mean, that is, a, that is a maneuver that's still canon. Yep. But I have, an, I have a few I have a few other plans. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to make a gunnery check, Rich. What's the difficulty here? So it's going to be against the range, right? So mm -hmm. I'm going to say that they're they're coming fast, but it's still at short range for ships. And so it's going to be two. Okay. And then uh, at the same time, I'm going to have Finn, I'm going to have you make a piloting check. Okay. So that's going to be based on your agility. Piloting space, right? Well, it's not actually where you are, which was confusing to me too. It's the kind of ship you're flying. Okay. So... so yeah, so the kind of ship you're flying, if we're, we're going to assume that's better in atmosphere, I'm going to give you, I'm going to say that it's a planetary check. Okay. Uh, and it's irrelevant for you because you don't have training in either, but your agility is pretty good. And then it's going to be against, the, it's going to be against the difficulty three. All right, go ahead and roll, Pranks. Ooh, real dice. Five successes, one disadvantage. Oh, jeez. All right, great. So you take one of the, one of the ties out of the sky. I'm going to have you roll for your wingman as well. What'd you okay. come up, what'd you come up with, Craig? I have, cancel that. Yes, one advantage. One advantage. So you, you're you getting toward the, the atmosphere. When you hit the atmosphere is where the ties start to have some challenges following you, but they do get some shots off and they manage to hit you, but they're just clipping the, uh, the engine itself. You're not losing anything. You don't take major damage, but where they hit you is gonna make some piloting checks a little more difficult. And then as soon as you hit the atmosphere, you're having to compensate for the issues that Octo is inflicting on your systems as well. Okay. And then what was the second TIE fighter shot there, Poe? Uh, okay, so Poe had one threat. Mm -hmm. um, I'm gonna say basically what happened is when you close your uh, S-foils, your X-wing goes faster, but it's harder to spread out the heat because like, when the X-wings are in attack position, it spreads out the heat sink. And because Poe is just going for speed, he's actually firing directly with closed laser cannons, which is insane, but gotcha. I'm going to have that uh, trigger one strain on my X-Wing, yeah, but thanks to my training in high, in, in high G, 
it actually goes to Poe and not the machine. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. You're compensating for it. So I'm just like freaked it, out. Um, uh, so I pull into a high. And then my buddy, YOLO, I don't really know too much about his stats canonically. Can I say his three agility and one training in gunnery? Does that make Great. sense? Yep, I trust you. Cool. And what's the difficulty? Still two. Oh, YOLO. It's two advantage, no net successes, but a triumph. So you got a triumph and two advantages with no successes. Got it. <laughs> and the success from the triumph was canceled. Mm -hmm. All right, what's your triumph going to be? Though he actually missed the, the, the tie, the tie went... Uh, too far back to pursue, so now it's streaking towards the planet and can't pull a K-turn fast enough to chase us, but it's still in the fight. Absolutely. Um, and then the advantages are the kind of crazy firing that YOLO uh, pulled up caused some other TIE fighters to scatter out mm -hmm. of formation to try to avoid his miss on mm -hmm. that other TIE fighter, which is going to give you um, blue die on your next attacks on them because they're trying to recover. Uh, I crack a smile, which you can't say and say can't see and say into the comms. Nice suppressing fire, Yolo. <laughs> he actually yelled "suppressing fire" yeah. when it happened. Suppressing fire. <laughs> Will Poe be finalized by the finalizer? Will Finn make it to the surface before the enigmatic Knights of Ren? Will Luke be able to stop Ray's fall to the dark side? Find out in our next exciting installment of Star Wars Episode Eight: Rise of the Jedi. A predicted tale.